Well, hello, hello, and thank you for joining another Obstruction to Justice program where we discuss relevant topics of the day, highlighting legislative economic um, issues, community and business reports, and we definitely speak with great movers and shakers that are doing things in our community. I'm Ann Moles. Thanks for joining. Today, we're going to talk with attorney Donna Watson, owner of the Legacy Experience, LLC, and attorney Watson will be sharing with us information about estate planning. Now, this is general information and should not be construed as specific legal advice. Welcome, Donna. Thank you, Ann. I'm so uh grateful to join your program today <laughs> well we're definitely glad that you that you joined most definitely uh you know it's it's interesting uh to know that you know one thing that that i like about the greater kansas city area is that there are a lot of people doing big things around here uh, it's about the people that make the town go now we have more than just great barbecue <laughs> right, that's right. We now we do have great barbecue, more than just great barbecue, and of course, more than the Chiefs. How about those Chiefs? How about those Chiefs. <laughs> We're headed. We're headed to that Super Bowl, and shout outs to them. Big ups to them. But Donna, you're going to be sharing with us information about estate planning. Tell us, tell us about estate planning. What's going on? What should we know? Well, thank you so much. Um, I'm really always glad to kind of share um, in this uh, lane. Uh, it's something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, my day job is a trust administrator at Country Club Trust Company. But in addition to that, I have my own business where I provide estate planning resources to the community. And one of the things that I wanted to do with my life was leave some type of legacy that was important to me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know how to go about that. Um, you hear about people that are benefactors and uh, people who have uh, charitable and, and benevolent intent, and they're able to leave such lasting legacies. And that always intrigued me. And then after I dealt with some losses in my families, particularly my parents and most specifically my mother, I really realized that this was the area of law that I wanted to uh, work in. And it was the area that I really felt I could realize my purpose. And so when I talk about estate planning, it's something that affects us all. And I think it gets a, a bad rap, if you will, because uh -huh. when you hear the term estate planning, it sounds very prestigious and it sounds like something that only the very wealthy uh, would participate in, but it's uh -huh. something that we all can do. We all own something in life. And so I want to be that voice, uh, especially in uh, communities where we don't ordinarily talk about estate planning. I want to be that voice that is bringing certain conversations um, to light and bringing up certain topics that we don't normally talk about. I want us to normalize 
estate planning. Mm -hmm. You know, and that is super important. I, I, I think how many times do we hear about um, people, of course, to be prepared to move on to transition is a big thing, you know, transition in life. Okay. That's what we're talking about. So mm -hmm. as far as estate planning to prepare, be prepared for that transition. Now, I don't know We're we're all going to, to have that, that time where we're going <laughs> to get out of here, move on. But, uh, yes, I agree. And I, and I, uh, appreciate that you're focusing on too to let people know that you know it's not just for the wealthy to provide or to have an estate plan because if you have something right okay. uh you know we work hard for our homes and uh, other you know things that we have we accumulate uh, but definitely property uh, valuables heirlooms hmm? you yes. know yes yeah. So, you know, that right there is something that we we should be mindful of as we live and and pass along uh, the legacy and heritage. And yes, you know, there are a lot of communities and I think really it's about uh, the socioeconomic, com uh, you know, maybe the lower end of socioeconomic communities, no matter what ethnicity you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but still the lower end, you know, you think, hey, well, all I did was just work for um, a company for 10, 20, 30 years and, and that's it. Well, you know, if you purchased a home, if you, even if you stayed in a location for a long period of time, what about what you've accumulated in the home? You know, is that what we're talking about when it Absolutely. comes to state planning? And you really summarize that well. And I think, um, what we have to do is think about every time we purchase property, every time we have a life change, a marriage, a divorce, a, a, a birth, those are times where we need to evaluate what we own, how it's owned, and then how it would be distributed at your death. And during our lifetime, as we were talking, as you were mentioning, we do acquire property but we also in uh, we also invest we have life insurance we may have 401k's or IRAs and what i feel we are missing in our conversations in certain communities is about that, that those are opportunities to build generational wealth this is an opportunity for us to invest in something that can outlive us and that can affect the next generation. So if I live my life in such a way that I live a little under my means mm -hmm. and put money away, that I can then make it a little bit better for that next generation in my family. Because I think what we too often do is reinvent the wheel at each generation level. So my child would want to buy a home when they're in their 20s and then they're They'll have to work 10 years or so to get enough money to have a down payment. Whereas if we started thinking generationally, I will um, invest money and have that money start growing and, and building so that when my kids are in their 20s, they can just take that money and buy a home. And mm -hmm. so the delay in building wealth um, isn't there. They're mm -hmm. able to begin uh, readily 
building their own wealth because they had a springboard. And that's something that we haven't always done a good job with. And it's not because of anything deliberate in most cases. Well, I was just going to ask, because what about, you know, I'm not saying all culture, you know, as, as Americans, I know Americans across the board, no matter what ethnicity you are, yeah. uh, there's a, a socioeconomic, even the, the middle class and what I, you know, we consider middle class. Okay. Maybe not the seventies, upper seventies, eighties, 150,000 a year, but maybe just the average Jane and, and Joe who, worked hard and maybe they weren't making that, but still uh, the mindset to say, well, what is this thing about estate planning? You know, okay, well, I have a burial policy at my job. That's kind of what they go on. I have a burial policy at my job, which is enough to bury you probably. Uh, Maybe not. Just depends on how you want to go because some of these can get kind of elaborate. But then, you know, I'm thinking, well, hey, taxes, property taxes have gone up, rent's gone up, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we're not thinking about the, the next generation. We're trying to survive where we are now. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I think that that, that, that is, um, that, that's fair and it's an accurate description of what's going on. Mm-hmm. We have a wide uh, wage disparity yes. especially among um, certain ethnicities. Let's let's just be honest. But I still believe that there are opportunities to invest, and there are opportunities to leave a legacy. Um, there's those family homes, and maybe the home isn't necessarily you know a half million dollar home, but it's a home that you uh, lived in and were able to raise your family in. Um, you know, let's let's talk about leaving that home to someone. And maybe that person doesn't live in the home uh, the rest of their life, that second generation. Maybe they sell it and they use that those monies, those proceeds to invest in another home. Well, that's that's building generational wealth. Okay, okay. Giving them the opportunity to um, move forward. And there's um, a lot of opportunities that I think people miss out on. Say, for instance, life insurance. Mm-hmm. And I think it becomes daunting because as we age, we have more ailments and premiums can be a little bit more. Uh, let's just be honest. But if we invest in life insurance early, early in life, um, those premiums are rather affordable and you can invest in life insurance. And that can be a way that uh, creates some income replacement should something happen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's one aspect or one uh, technique or device that I think people uh, sometimes um, discount because they're thinking, oh, well, I'm, I can't afford a $500,000 policy. Even if you had like a ten dollars or $20,000 policy, that's ten dollars or $20,000 that you could leave to your family to help them uh, to address any uh, bills or expenses after you die or to help them so that they can use that money to invest in the market and then grow their own wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I hadn't really thought about that, you know, because again, we think how estate planning sounds so big. Okay, if I'm not leaving the half a million, uh, you know, dollar policy or million dollar policy or hundred thousand uh, dollar policy or whatever, but 
you know, even if it's something is what I'm hearing, that it's important to to think about just to, to leave something and do something for your family. That's right. Yeah. And I also think we need to start having conversations with our families early in life about investing, about putting money away. And while things are difficult, and especially like we're in COVID-19, what is this? The 11th month of quarantine. Yeah. Very real that people have um, some of them have lost their jobs. Some of their hours have been reduced. These are tough times for a lot of people. So I don't want to sound like I'm not being mindful of where we are. But what I also know is where we are right now is not where we will always be. And so we have to be poised and ready to pivot when circumstances change. So when people get back on their feet, and I do say when, because I am a believer that things always turn around. They do. So mm -hmm. when we get into a position where things are different, how are we going to be different with our money and our assets? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I learned during the pandemic is that I need a lot less than I realized. And I, I tend to think of myself as a pretty frugal person, but I I need a lot less than I realize. And so in knowing that there have been times where Two things. I have been able to put more money away and there have been times where I have been able to be a blessing to other people. So I think in those two things, I am sowing uh, for my future mm -hmm. because I feel when you help other people, it comes back to you. That's not why I do it, but I just know that that principle is true. And mm -hmm. then when I put money away because I'm not spending as much, that gives me an opportunity to uh, create create more wealth for me and for future generations in my family and my community. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I think it's very important that we start having those conversations. I know in my household, my mother told me to save money and that was about it, to save money. And so how do you save? But I think in this, in this particular uh, climate, there are so many opportunities to hear about saving. Um, there are all kinds of online platforms. I just recently joined a group on Clubhouse, mm -hmm. the platform. And all they do is just talk about different like wealth building strategies. And I was like, my goodness, this is amazing. So we have so much more access to information now. And I still think we're probably more financially illiterate than we've ever been. It's almost like it's too much and people well, don't know where to go and where to start. You're right in that. But, you know, don't we kind of get conflicting messages? Now, if we're watching TV, if we watch TV and if we're looking at the media, if we're doing anything, you know, outside of our homes and now we're in our homes. So that's all we you know, have can do pretty much right is watch TV. Uh, what you're looking at, we're, we're even called consumers, mm -hmm. right? Where they the term that they call Americans, they call us consumers, right? So with that, since we are in that mindset, it's like a tug of war thing. On one one hand, what well, we we probably should save at least for an emergency fund, but then on the other hand. Uh, there's not so much uh, surplus income to where you can save and still look like you 
want to look based on what you see and have what you want to have based on what you see mm -hmm. and and want to consume because you want to fit in or whatever. So there's still a tug of war there as, as far as what I see and, you know, what's going on. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's absolutely accurate. Um, there's so much information that people can get confused and it's hard to know who to, who to trust. And so I think in those times, it's, it's very important to get mentorship. Mm -hmm. I know that I had mentorship in my professional mm -hmm. career. I think it's important to get mentorship in your financial um, in your financial world, in your financial uh, life, mm -hmm. because there are people that are successful. And I say successful financially. They let, let's let, hold yeah. on to that okay. because here's what, what I'm kind of saying, and maybe I'm not saying it right, but the older I get, I see what success really is right yeah and that of course we know that there's uh you know i'm as a believer okay i people know that i'm a believer as a believer that's the first successful relationship we need to have right so we we have that success but then uh the success that uh, we really aren't aware of because as uh, here in America, we may make uh, 50000 and we take it, you know, it's, that's not really enough. You know, we should be balling bigger than that, <laughs> whatever. But it, compared to the rest of the world is what I try to encourage people to look at. Okay, we're really blessed here in America, even if you're making X amount of dollars, okay, less than 50, maybe 35,000 or whatever, you're still blessed because based on the category out of 7 billion people on this planet, you're not doing bad. If that's, you that's right. And I think one of the things that I talk about is living well. And I believe everyone should live well. Now, what is the definition of living well? And living well for me is not being um, out of my boundaries. Okay. Like I have to live according to what I make. And I cannot be persuaded to be something I am not because that is what I should be doing at this age. That's where I should mm -hmm. be as uh, as an attorney. I should be, you know, bawling out, as you said. <laughs> I have to be honest about where I am financially. Okay. I have, if I have debt and I have a home and I have a student loan that I am trying to get <sighs> Okay. So those are the two things that drive my decision because mm -hmm. I have made a decision that I am going to be done with these two things okay. very soon. Okay. And so for me, living well is not having the burden of debt on my shoulders. Then I can really invest without uh, fear and trepidation. I can bless other people with my money and, and not think anything about it because I have everything that I need. And so okay. then it was the conversation about, well, then what are your needs? Okay. We only have three basic needs, food, clothing, and shelter. Those, okay. That's all we have. But we, we've, we've told ourselves that we need, I must be in the right schools. I must be, I must drive this certain vehicle. I must 
wear these certain clothes, but none of that was what was promised to us. It was that we would have what we needed and our mm-hmm. needs. And if our basic needs are, are fulfilled, then we are blessed. We're rich. We're and blessed. that's the whole point. That's the reality of what I know to be true. Okay. Uh, now you said the big D word, which is debt. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's guys. That's how lots of people are getting their stuff. All right. Don't yes, be is. deceived about it. Don't be deceived about it. Yes. Honestly, you Okay, so I don't want to say you can't have it all. You have to make choices. And if someone seemingly is has it all, then you have to sometimes think about what, what choices did they make to get it all. And so when I think about all, all for me is being able to rest at night, knowing that I'm not... I'm worried that if I swipe my card, it may or may not go through... Uh, being able to to know if an emergency comes up and you talked about that emergency fund that's huge like you have to be able to put your hands on some money and i think a lot of times we do we invest we have uh, retirement plans but then when something comes up we start drawing money out of that plan and so really that's a debt it's a debt to ourselves because we have an obligation to pay that back usually but but we should be able to put our hands on some money Okay, mm-hmm. and if we and I uh, a few years ago took um, the Dave Ramsey course yes. and then became a Dave Ramsey uh, facilitator because I so uh, identified with the principles that he spoke about. And they were very, yeah, mm-hmm. they were definitely how I was living my life. But it gets to a point where you have got to be so desperate to be free that you're willing to make some changes. And I know a lot of people that have great homes um, with a lot of furniture and they have all the right things. They're in all the right groups and they are miserable because they are burdened with debt. Burdened with debt. And then where they don't have the surplus income or extra income because they're having to pay the debt and there's no estate planning. Yes, that's right. That's right. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to that. I mean, it, it's, it's full circle. It yeah. is full circle. It is full circle. And so um, some of the concepts that I want to want us to really focus on today is that uh, there's, there's lots of things that everyone should do. Um, when we're talking about estate planning. So um, estate planning, so there's, we're building generational wealth. We're building wealth during our lifetime, but we're also planning about what we're going to do at our death. And so one of the things I tell everyone, everyone needs a durable power of attorney. And so what this, this document does, it assigns someone as your agent to act on your behalf. They can uh, represent you in your financial matters. They can enter contracts for you. They can access your your accounts should you become incapacitated. Mm-hmm. That's very important because sometimes people uh, become ill. Uh, and I think about people that are single and may not have uh, children or a husband and or anyone that could readily step in. They They need to assign someone as their durable as their agent under their durable power of attorney. Everyone should have that document. And especially in light of COVID-19, we saw people who were perfectly healthy 
one week and then pass away the next week. And so you need to have someone that's able to kind of access your financial affairs. Now, this durable power of attorney is only uh, active and only gives authority to that agent that's assigned during your lifetime. So you can't, the person can't pass away and then you go to uh, the bank and say, well, I have a durable power of attorney because that power has expired at that point. But everyone should have one. It's just a way of just making sure that someone else can step into uh, your role if you should become incapacitated or just say you don't want to. I think about some of our seniors who are in facilities right now. And, you know, a lot of those um, a lot of those independent living or uh, dependent living facilities, they're not letting them go in and out. And so uh, someone with a, a, a durable power of attorney may be able to handle their affairs. And so it doesn't necessarily mean incapacitated. And that's when when that power arises. depends on how it's written. It can be springing or shifting, but it does give someone the power to have some control over your financial affairs. And that's very important. I hadn't really even thought about that uh, durable power of attorney uh, in, until you mentioned it. And, you know, when you become incapacitated, I mean, and that's kind of a scary thing, guys. But here's the thing. Let's really think about it. Yes, there's got to be somebody in your life that you love and trust. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. To, Make sure that uh, they don't try to get you committed or go against what what you would want, you know, so you might come into a windfall, come and find out, you know, uh, uh, Uncle Seymour passed on and here's a million uh, dollars at, oh, durable power of attorney time. Yes, exactly. And you're out of there. Of course, you want to trust the person. To make sure that they're uh, they're you, they think the way that you think and would be engaged in that way, a responsible uh, child or responsible sibling. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and and I also think uh, geographic proximity is important as okay. well because sometimes you may become incapacitated and you'll need someone to step in for a long period of time. If your children live out of out of uh, state, you know, sometimes we think, well, that's the next person because that's my child, you know, mm-hmm. if my spouse is deceased, but it needs to be someone that can actually step in and be able to uh, serve in that role uh, without delay or without um, uh, extra effort, if you will. So those are just considerations, you know, mm-hmm. just considerations. And in addition to that, so we talked about this financial power of attorney, mm-hmm. you also need a health care power of attorney. And so why is that important? Because just as we were talking about COVID-19, we're over 400,000 deaths in America. Um, If you should become sick, there needs to be someone that can talk about your health uh, matters with your physicians. And it's a document that I think, oh, go ahead. So those are two different documents? Those are two different. Really? sometimes, Sometimes you'll see, uh, attorneys draft them as a large bundle. Okay. You know, there's this healthcare, there's the fin- there's the financial power of attorney, they mm-hmm. may have the living will, and I'll talk about that. Oh, okay. okay. But yes, they're they're separate documents, but they, they do they serve in different ways. Gotcha. Um, but that healthcare power of attorney is very important because you know you think about their HIPAA laws and privacy laws. People can't just, oh, that's my mother, what's going on with her? You know, and so I have um, a healthcare power of attorney that's filed with all of my physicians, even my dentist, 
Okay. Because <laughs> you just never know something could happen mm -hmm. and that someone can step in and and advocate for me or have discussions uh, on my behalf. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I also want to talk about that uh, uh, living will and okay. that DNR. Uh, it depends on um, where you are and what those documents are called, but it's it's the authority uh, that gives or gives someone information about what end of life procedures you really would like. And mm -hmm. I think that that's the biggest blessing uh, you can uh, participate in, or that's the biggest blessing you can give to your family. Having mm -hmm. those those thoughts and those preferences written out, okay. written out, written out, so that if something should happen to you, your family's not vacillating between keeping you, you know, on the machine or uh, letting you go, and because that is a very that is a very emotional time mm -hmm. and you don't want to burden your family members with the guilt of making the wrong decision. Good point. Good point. And mm -hmm. so having those conversations, letting your family know uh, what your preferences are, it's important. And I was thinking about, you know, Zoom, Zoom, StreamYard, you know, whatever platforms we use, we've been We've been communicating with our families probably more during this quarantine than we had before. We will have Zooms and we'll play games. We'll have Zooms and just chat. Um, but let's let's have some conversations about some things that um, maybe you haven't broached in the past because it's important. And and I know this isn't what people think about when they say estate planning. No. We haven't talked about property yet. Okay, oh, yeah, that's true. Come on. But that's important. Okay, yes. because if you aren't aren't here, okay, mm -hmm. then we have to have other discussions. And so we want to we want to start having these conversations. And I know, you know, people feel um, facing their mortality. It's a it's a hard thing and it's uncomfortable because who wants to be the child? It's like, hey, parent, if you pass away, what am I supposed to do? I mean, that's not, you know, a great lead off to, you know, a family discussion. And so what I tell people is to say, hey, I'm getting my matters in order. Mm -hmm. These are the things that I'm doing out of curiosity. What are you doing? Oh, I haven't done anything. And this is the thing that often frustrates me. I'm going to be dead, so it won't matter. Yes, it oh, will. Oh, boy. Yeah, yes, I've heard will. that one, too. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. it will. And then then you remind them of someone close to them that passed away. And then whatever ordeal or not that they had to go through. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does matter. It matters because there's going to be someone that's going to have to pick up the pieces. Yeah. And if we talk about we love our friends and family. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's show that love. Yeah, yeah. Let's walk that love out all the way through. Okay. Mm -hmm. Getting those matters uh, in line. In line. And we're talking about the legacy part, the heritage part. That's what there's the, the light bulb that just came on. Mm -hmm. If you and you just hit the nail on the head right there. If you really love your family and you're talking about you love them, then deal with the legacy part to where we're we're in this life right here right now we're not meant to be here forever at right. right here right now okay there's <laughs> other things that go on in life after whatever but right here right now for this moment it's not that way so 
when we say we love, we need to to live our lives. What I'm hearing, uh, Attorney Watson, <laughs> is yeah. that when we live our lives, we live live them on purpose mm-hmm. to know that there's a transition. There are transition moments. There will be a transition moment, and you want to leave, make your life matter and count. That's right. That's right. Family. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you know, we we do so much to demonstrate our love. Mm-hmm. We have birthday parties. We buy Christmas presents. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we will uh, celebrate uh, our victories with one another. But why not? When we talk about a celebration of life, mm-hmm. uh, the greatest celebration of life is when someone has transitioned and their things are in order mm-hmm. and, and, and you don't have that that burden or that, that um, heaviness because mm-hmm. you're already grieving. Yes. And let me tell you, that is a difficult time to start making decisions. That's not the time to, to say, oh, am I going to sell a home? Or am I going to keep a home? Mm-hmm. Am I going to move? Am I going to, because you're already um, um, taxed with so many other um, duties and tasks and mm-hmm. your emotions, mm-hmm. your emotions can get the best of you during that time. So I think it's, it's just so important to have these conversations early. Well, let's go ahead and I want to take a look at your, and we can come back and, and do the other part here, cool. but I think that's kind of a good segue to, to let's look at your, your website. Okay. And we can, because you're you're just giving it's just great. <laughs> you're giving so much information and having us redirect really the attention of of all of life, not just the living right now, but carrying on the legacy and heritage in uh, here, my legacy experience, your website there. Yeah. yeah. Now, what uh, as far as the background, I I there's a reason why you started this this business here. Yes. Did we really get into that enough? Because I no. think I'm, I'm yes. more intrigued now. Yes, yes. So yes. Um, in 2017, well, let's start. In 2016, Christmas 2016, my great aunt became ill. My mother was her caretaker. And we've always known um, my great aunt had some uh, challenges at um, when she was a young child. She wasn't even expected to live uh, past her teens, mm-hmm. um, but she ended up living to the ripe old age of 97, okay? And she always lived with us. And so our family has always uh, been in uh, a position where we've been caretakers to her. So mm-hmm. I was always very clear about what my responsibility, and I say responsibility, would have been to my aunt. And my mother, she lived with my mother and we would, as a family, uh, help to support her and her needs. Um, So fast forward um, into 2017, my aunt became ill and my mother became ill. And so my mother was this caretaker for my aunt and both of them were ill at the same time. And so that became somewhat overwhelming. Um, it was definitely uh, a very emotional time for our family, but I was a person and our family is a, a family of faith. I believed that my mother would be healed. And so when my aunt passed away, it was May 1st, July, uh, May 1st, 2017. Mm-hmm. I remember that day. I remember thinking, 
She lived a good life. She lived a long life. She was ill for four months of her 97 years. You know, God be praised. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then that Friday, my mother died the day of my aunt's funeral. And I was just, I was shocked. I was in shock. I was in shock because I was already grieving the passing of my aunt. And I could not believe that my mother passed that same week. Like, how did that happen? And I think not only was I shocked, I think I was, I was, trying to understand how I was going to navigate this new phase of my life without these two matriarchs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in doing that, I was writing down everything that was happening to me. Oh, this happened. I remember trying to turn my mother's cell phone off and they were like, oh, we need a death certificate. Oh, we need the program. Oh, we need some other proof that she's dead. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, who's making up somebody's dead to turn a cell phone off? Uh, And so I was writing these things down because I was like, oh, I have to share this with other people. And the more I wrote, the more I realized, hey, this is something I could probably house in a story and and deliver in a book. (laughs) And then just going through administering my aunt's estate and my mother's estate, there were just so many lessons. And I, my mother and I always had very candid conversations, but my mother and I didn't talk about what she had. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk about, you know, what I knew what her plans were, but we never talked about what kind of financial legacy she wanted to leave for her mm-hmm. church, for me, for her friends. And so um, when she passed away, that was when I really discovered things. And I was just so taken aback. And so then I thought, well, if my mother could do this and my mother had an associate's degree, she was born in the 19 in 1940 segregated uh Kansas City if uh, my mother could leave the legacy i was going to leave the legacy and, yeah. and and let me say this and so were a lot of other people's so were a lot of other people if i had my say in it and so mm-hmm. that's why i wrote the book that's why i was like i'm getting back into estate planning i don't care if i have to open up my own shop uh hang out my shingle this is what i'm going to do with the rest of my life <laughs> i'm glad that you did i'm glad that you did uh, i mean because when you think about estate planning it's like okay guys i've heard this this uh before right but no, I really haven't. Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't really heard it to the detail of, of where you're sharing it because look, you know, as far as the, I thought it was just one durable power of attorney paper. Uh, but then all of the, the living wills of course are important and, and you know, the, uh, the healthcare part of it, healthcare uh, part of, of making sure that things are in order is it's just it, it's just important and then i'm thinking okay guys where am i right so then you get personal with it yes absolutely so. and i think that that's just it it's it's to raise consciousness among um my peers mm-hmm. among the community uh if and i always say this if there's one thing that you take away from any uh presentation that i am a part of is do one thing do one thing in the next 30 days. And I don't, I don't care what that one thing is, but as long as you do one thing in the next 30 days, and I say 30 days because that gives you enough time to carve out a plan, to mm-hmm. identify someone, to help walk you through whatever that 
one thing is. And it's it's a short enough time horizon that you can stay accountable to get it done. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes our goals are too lofty and that we, we aren't specific enough. And so being able to just really decide that I'm going to make a change in one or two areas can make all the difference. And I think about when my uh, great aunt and my mother passed away, my great aunt, because she was uh, older, because she didn't have you know a lot of assets, very early on, my mother and I got her a burial policy. Mm-hmm. And so all we had to, all I had to do was just pick out the color of the casket. Mm-hmm. That's it. And the yes. outfit she was going to wear. And so do you know how, how freeing that Freeing, yes. yes. And we're not sitting there trying to get funds together or wait until, you know, we get this check. And, you know, it was just very freeing. And then when my mother passed away, it was the same situation. There were funds just available or her plan just available to to bury her. And so it really made me think. So I I went, I bought a cemetery plot last year. And, and you know, you think about, I'm buying some real estate. You usually think about your home, but it was important to me. I want to be buried near them. And I didn't want anyone to uh, use the resources that I'm saving uh-huh. um, to, to, to take care of that. I was just going to go ahead and take care of that. So yes. now that's taken care of. And so- we just got a shout out from Miss uh, Brother Elder Willie Henderson, and he's saying this is where, as a people, we lack in this area. Much needed. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. So he acknowledges that, and uh, we've uh, done big shout out. Thank you, Elder Henderson, for that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's, and it's just. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of changes in our in our budgets. You know, we think that it's going to be like two hundred, five hundred dollars a month, and sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. And there are there are uh, insurance uh, agents that will work with you. Uh, there's sometimes uh, people who might be uninsurable, but there are options. And so I think we just need to have those conversations and pursue those options because it's worth it. It's worth it to that family that's behind, especially if you have like minor children and, you know, uh, you have a spouse and you are a dual income household. Um, What happens if you, if something should happen to you, that dual income is what you all have kind of relied on. And so you have to just, just prepare. You just have to prepare. And it's because if we get a cell phone, we will immediately insure that cell phone. Why? Because we don't want to pay $750 to get a new one just right off the bat. We'll insure it, right? <laughs> but that is so true. We won't do that with our lives. Well, and, and I think here we are. Uh, we're starting the conversation. We're, uh, here's another time where uh, our listeners will hear estate planning. And of course, they'll hear it in the detail and explanation of of how you're sharing it and your story. So the testimony and how you kind of got going in this and how this is pretty much ordained. It's something that you feel led to do and to carry on so that people are aware uh, of what, what they need to do. Now, I would say, I would take it even further uh, Donna, in that I believe that this is should be part of what we teach young people as they grow to adulthood. 
Absolutely. I think it should be in that what you had just mentioned, you know, if you have a spouse two wage earner uh, household, what happens if one, uh, you know, passes on, you know, these are things that they don't, uh, people, young people, they have these big deer uh, in the headlights, look on looks on their faces as they go out and then they just go from one one extreme to the next and everything and like you said you know they'll insure that cell phone but do they know that they really should be insuring their lives and it's more than just life insurance <laughs> right that's right that's right yeah. and these young people have something that we don't have they mm -hmm. have time okay mm -hmm. so if you think about if you're investing you know, $20 every pay period when you're 20 and you leave that money alone, by the time you're in your 40s, you know, you can have a substantial little mm -hmm. nest egg. Now, $20 to a 20-year-old sounds a lot, sounds like a lot each pay period, but it really isn't because mm -hmm. there are a lot of times we waste more money than we realize, you know. Two, two trips to McDonald's, yeah. you know, nowadays, and of course, all this food has gone up. Uh, fast food has gone up since mm -hmm. all of what's going on and you, you shouldn't be eating it anyway because it's not good for you. That's it's right. not good for you, yeah. for me. It's not good for us. So, yeah. A couple of coffees a month. Yeah. You know, a couple of lattes. There's mm -hmm. there's it. And I feel this way. I feel this very strongly. We where there's a will, there's a way, you know, we will do whatever we really want to do uh, financially. Sometimes we will borrow to do what we want to do. Well, why can't we be that jealous about uh, making sure we're building a financial legacy? Um, and so I think uh, for young people, it's critical. Yes, I saw my uh, little cousins, um, they are 20 and 16. And I tell them, hey, you know, don't spend every dime you get start saving. And I'll tell you, they, they've done wonderful jobs, wonderful mm -hmm. jobs. Uh, but they've had parents that have talked to them about not spending everything that they get, you know, not, not being broke the day before payday. Okay. Yeah. We want our, mm -hmm. we want to get to the point where we don't even notice, Oh, is it payday? Oh, okay. Because we're not living so out of bounds. Mm -hmm. and, and, and let me tell you, it's easier. The more money you make, Maybe. And I say maybe because if you're not disciplined, it does not matter how much money you that. Most it, certainly. Does not, it does not matter. Yeah. I know that's why the, the guy that wins the lottery, he's broke exactly. in a year. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so get wise counsel. And mm -hmm. I kind of alluded to that earlier, but get wise counsel. And, and, and when I was talking about mentorship, that's important. There are people that you may look at and they seem visibly wealthy but i'm going to tell you real wealth doesn't it isn't ostentatious okay mm -hmm. real wealth kind of mm -hmm. is is subtle mm -hmm. and i think it's important to have conversations with people who are where you want to be all right so we mm -hmm. have mentors uh, our professional mentors are usually people who are in our same career path or say in our same career lane, but have more experience. There are people that have more financial experience. If you're investing with a company, there are usually financial planners that are available. And some of those, a lot of those services, depending on who you, you're investing with, are free. 
set up a time, mm -hmm. ask them to walk you through some definitions so that you're clear about what you need to do. And then read and then read. And then speaking read of reading, <laughs> yes, speaking of reading, my legacy experience, yeah. how my mother's life prepared me for her death. Yes, yes. And so it's an easy read. And I'll tell you, um, I, I started the book and it was very much almost looking like a legal treatise. And my editor said, who's this book for? Your, your colleagues? And I was like, well, no, but I mean, I want to have some credibility. I want people to know that, you know, I know what I'm talking about. She said, how about you share your heart? Mm. And I said, hmm, okay. And, and just kind of changed the whole trajectory of the book. But what, what I believe, it's an easy read. It's very um, relatable. Everyone has someone that they're close to and then they passed away. And I literally walk you through all of the things that I had to consider when administering their estates. And I had to embrace the language, had to understand the terminology that's related to estate planning, because I think sometimes terminology uh, intimidates people. Yes. What do you mean by probate? I don't know what that is. And so I have definitions at the beginning of each chapter and literally walk you through, not only can you administer someone's uh, estate when they die, you can build your own estate. And we talk about ways to do that. What what vehicles are in place so that you can amass financial wealth? Because we, we have other wealth. We want to be spiritually well. Yeah, we want to be, yeah. be balanced people. We want to have good hearts and be able to be settled and secure in ourselves. But we also want to have a, a financial uh, financial holdings. Let's put it that way. Yes, we definitely do. Now yeah, yeah. I'm excited about this book. I think when I see it, it's like, okay, this can be a gift for any person. Um, it should be, you know, any young person, any, any person of <laughs> any age. It's like, who is this book for? Yeah. This book is for everyone. It's for everybody. <laughs> it is for everybody. And one of the things I want people to read it before they need to read it, yes, because yes. I think sometimes it's not until the death occurs. It's not until, you know, there's a the drastic change in circumstances with some uh, family's members health. And then they're like, I need to get your book. I need to read it. I need to read it. Read it when it's not urgent. Mm -hmm. Read and let and reread it. And I'll because, tell you, yes. And okay. I'll tell you, um, it's important because the the stress of the moment, you won't be able to process everything. Um, you'll get you'll get nuggets because there's nuggets in there. There's some good stuff in there. But it's important also to to read it when you're um, you're not tense, you're not grieving and you can read it and appreciate the story because you'll find it's it's relatable. Cool. But that's what I've been told. <laughs> that's, uh, no doubt. And what I was going to say too is it sounds like something, it's like we have we have the word, right? That's that's my that's my holy grail, the 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 Bible. That's the only grail there is, right? But in that, and I'm sure he speaks of everything that we've already talked about, and you know, scriptures come to mind, but but for this. This will give you an outline of what you can do to embrace and be successful. 
I hear success. I hear legacy. I hear heritage. So it, it kind of flips the script in that people are like, okay, well, estate planning, you know, what does that mean? Uh, well, all of these, all of these items and things that you shared with us today, this is something that to me, it builds wealth, but, and that's what you're wanting to do, isn't it? This is what the American dream is all about. Well, who tells us who, who educates us? Yes. Okay. The mentor will, or it can help. Of course, the parents, what if they're lacking and needing to be caught up to speed? Well, here's, here's a book that can help them uh, get up to speed. This is for everyone. And I see that this is uh, an opportunity where people can, can learn and glean. And like, uh, uh, Brother Henderson, Elder Henderson said, Henderson said, we, we lack in this area. And most Americans lack in this area, no matter who you are across the board. That's right. Now, this the book is out there on Amazon. We showed it. Yes. So you can get it. It looks like it's available as, in Kindle form as well. Hardcover. Paperback. Paperback. Yes. Yeah. So yes. you might want to get a couple, get get a hardcover and hold on to it, then get that paperback where you can underline it and everything yes. and then give the hardcover as a gift. Yeah. Uh, yes. During the Kindle, it's out there too for that. And it, and it has a checklist in it. Um, <sighs> um, and so I just kind of tell people, just rip yes. that out of there, just rip it out of the page and start uh, writing down your assets, your holdings. Because what you want to do is you want to leave a trail for people. One of the things that I um, experience in my practice is sometimes people don't know what they own or mm -hmm. they know, but they've passed away. And so the people mm -hmm. who are left behind are playing detective. And mm -hmm. I don't want to grieve and play detective. So just have all that stuff written out. So I'll all written down. <laughs> and we lose things too, don't we? Yes, yes. If, if it's not written down, if we don't identify it, then that's where the state will. Yeah, it, like, the state. And, you know, you see all these unclaimed property. Yeah. Uh, that's what that is. Those are those accounts that somebody forgot about. And sometimes it can be thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thousands of dollars, you know, mm -hmm. income tax refunds, all these stimulus or economic impact payments. Those are going mm -hmm. into accounts. And if you, didn't stay on top of those accounts. Those accounts can just close and those those monies will sheet to the state. So you want to just make sure that that doesn't happen because your family worked hard for that. Right. For that. Yes. That yes. is so, so true. I want everything that is supposed to be mine, yes. right? <laughs> we want everything that God asked for. That's right. That is right. Now, um, you're out here on your website too, of course. If you forget now, guys, that uh, the website is mylegacyexperience.com. And if you go out there, you can see the background of the story of how uh, Attorney Watson got the idea to write the book that is definitely an asset to any family a great uh, guideline checklist for how you should manage, you know, you should manage your, your life and, and the, the life of uh, moving forward with your family. Now I see speaking engagements out here too. Yes. And so one of the things that happened with this is that um, as I, when I wrote the book, I had a launch and then people were like, hey, can you come and speak to this organization? Can you speak to this women's group? And I've just been blown away 
by um, the opportunities that I have received. And it's important to me because I think I have a unique voice, not just the way I sound, but my story and yes. my voice is very timely. And I, I want to share that with as many people as possible. And in addition to that, um, last year, because of COVID, there were uh, some speaking engagements that got canceled. Some of them switched to virtual platforms, but then I was able to create podcasts. And so that gives on-demand uh, information about a variety of estate planning uh, vehicles. So there's one on probate, there's one on trust, there's one on uh, life insurance, there's one on investing. And so I continue to build that portfolio so that people have resources so that they can hear. You know, you, you have to study in order yes. to, to, to for things to digest. And so the podcasts are examples of ways for people to hear this information and, and rewind it if they need to. Now, what did she say? Now, what was that? And so that that information can um, be can resonate in their spirit and they can be moved to action because that's that's my whole goal. I want people to be moved to action. Yes, that's right. Yes, Good. for some people, I can help with facilitating some of their goals, but the whole point is I want to reach as many people as possible to encourage them to uh, leave this legacy, to encourage them to uh, take some action. Because I, I promise you, I promise you, your family will be blessed if you do so. And this would be a, a, le a legacy and a heritage that you could pass down through generations too, yeah. guys. Yeah. You know, you, you learn it, teach your children, uh, then your children, teach your grandchildren just to where that way it accumulates and you come to uh, to have a lifestyle that that is better than the one before. Yeah, that's pass that on. And one of the last things I want to say is, mm -hmm. and so I don't like people living in condemnation. OK, mm -hmm. so maybe for 45 years you uh just had debt, debt to the hilt and, you know, your credit's bad and, you know, all kinds of situations are going on. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think anyone that has a testimony uh, of getting on the other side will know that sometimes in life things happen to you. OK, mm -hmm. but it is never too late. Never. It's never oh. too late. I don't care if you start today. And yes. you have 10 more years. It was not too late. Why? Because these last 10 years were your greater 10 years. So I, I just want to encourage anyone who's thinking about making some changes, who's thinking about uh, um, even incorporating a budget into their lifestyle. You can do it. It's never too late. It's and never. Too late. And that's hashtag never too late. Yes. Your social yes. media. Yes. Most definitely. Wow. We we need you to come back. We need you to come back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, don't know if I got through all of the uh, um, all the documents that I wanted to talk about, but I think you know the thing with this is so much to talk yeah, about, right? Yeah. And I and I get excited, and so I, I I'm sorry if I kind of veered no, off. But no, you did great in that you've given us wonderful information, something to take on this general information that you know, a person can take and use it to where they can grow from it. And that's what, uh, that's really kind of what we talk about anyway, out here at Obstruction of Justice. Yeah, we want to, we want to do all we can 
to support our communities and really the communities get better when the families get better. That's that's it. That's everything. That's everything. We have strong, healthy, financially fit families. We will have strong, healthy, financially fit communities and we'll be able to make a difference in this world. Yes. Yes, yes, most definitely. Yes, you'll have to come back and we'll (laughs) we'll kind of we'll pick something and because this is rich. It's very good, very good. I do want to let everyone know too, just kind of give us an update on where we are with the um the uh, ASB and C scholarship fund. Now we do uh, support nonprofit organizations that are supporting young people as they work remotely and online. Uh, we do provide tutor, uh, tutor time, tutor scholarships, tutor support as well for young people who are at home and and also, you know, facilities as well. So now other nonprofit organizations that have opened up their doors to provide a safe place and a, a place where they can be, the young people can be directed to stay focused on the task of learning, which is super, super difficult, uh, even in class sometimes, but much less being on um, on the side where they're having to be home by themselves because people are transitioning and, and having to, to work and still provide for their families. So there are quite a few students that are still at home. Some are going back. But uh, that's one thing, a project that we've worked on, the ASBNC Fun and Learning Mobile Tutor Project. So just keep in mind that if you want to donate, and it's uh, it's not a, a, uh, a donation to where you get a tax write-off, but it's such, such a small amount to share with a young person to where they can, young people to where they can, continue and and do better in their education and not fall through the cracks. So that's our effort there. It's coming along nicely. All right. Just want to let everyone know that uh, we're out here. And again, Attorney Watson, thank you so much for sharing and joining us today. And we got an earful. And now there's a there's a challenge. I just you, you called us out 30 days. 30 days, 30 days, one thing you have to do one thing. And, um, that's, that's, um, that'll, that'll get you excited and get you started on this, on this path and this journey. Um, because you'll always be making changes. There'll always be opportunities to do something else. But if you just make that one step, I promise you the second and third steps will be a lot easier. All right. All right. We're looking forward to moving forward and doing better. Thank you again. And thank you for joining another Obstruction of Justice program. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Take care. Goodbye. Justice. 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 Justice.